0: Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypannuccio.com forward slash act. How do you select from the flash and the clatter? This is challenging because in everyday life, so much junk hijacks our attention. We have our Facebook and Instagram feeds. We have TikTok. It's like fast food. So there's a lot of media noise. And then we have the age of Netflix, where we can stream movies 24-7 whenever we want from our phones. And this may all be the biggest obstacle to writing, because we're conditioned to think of what audiences want, what we've watched, entertainment, rather than thinking of life, what we've experienced or what fascinates us. So how do you plug into what matters to you? How do you open yourself up to story-worthy material? Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach and each week we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. Okay, so you may have plenty of ideas, but you may not know how to make them into stories or how to separate the clatter from an idea that has the potential to become a story. In today's episode, we'll explore story triggers, what they are, where they come from, how to tap into your own triggers, and select which ideas are worthy Of expanding into a story. So let's dig in. Story triggers come from anywhere and everywhere. They're ubiquitous. A story trigger can come from a phone conversation that you inadvertently hear on the train home from work. It could come from an image or a family story could be a childhood memory that arises while you're driving. Triggers are everywhere. They come from the unconscious. They come when we're not trying so hard, when we're relaxed and receptive. So, for example, John Fowle's main inspiration for his novel, The French Lieutenant's Woman, started with a visual image. A Victorian woman standing at the edge of a pier, staring out to sea. That's all he had. Now, the image rose in his mind one morning when he was still in bed, half asleep. It had no correlation to any actual incident in his life, at least that he could remember, but it was a persistent image that later developed into the novel's title character, Sarah Woodruff. So, story triggers can come from anywhere and anything. They're also idiosyncratic. Your method of idea generation is different from anyone else's. It's completely your own. It's the things you notice. What strikes you as interesting or curious or peculiar. There's no right or wrong way to do it, so just trust your instincts. Now, not all triggers have the potential to blossom into stories, but There are some characteristics to look for when deciding whether an idea is worth pursuing. Triggers give rise to questions. Jackson Benson, who analyzed Hemingway's work, believes that he used autobiographical details as framing devices about life in general, not only about his life. Now, Benson believes that Hemingway used his experiences and drew them out with what-if scenarios. He asked, what if I were wounded in such a way that I could not sleep at night? What if I were wounded and made crazy? What would happen if I were sent back to the front? So he used what he knew as a starting point and then asked questions. In her essay, Why I Write, Joan Didion talks about how her novel, Play It As It Lays, began with an image of a woman in a white halter dress walking across a Las Vegas casino to pick up a house phone. She wondered, who is paging her? Why is she here to be paged? How exactly did she come to this? Now, this image came from her real life. She was sitting in a Las Vegas casino one day, and she saw this woman page to a house phone, and that was the moment, she says, that Play It As It Lays began to tell itself to her. Now, this woman in the white halter dress did not figure prominently in the novel at all. She wasn't the main character. She appeared briefly, but she was the trigger that led to the novel. So their story triggers because they're incomplete. They require elaboration. They provoke questions. A story trigger leads to a mystery that only your imagination can solve. Now, many story triggers come from our real life experiences, but you don't want to hamper your imagination. Virginia Woolf once said that for the writer, there must be great freedom from reality. So if your story trigger is from real life, not all of it will be useful or good for the story. Hemingway used real life as framing devices, and he asked, what if? Joyce Carol Oates' story, Where Are You Going? Where Have You Been?, was inspired by an article about a serial killer, the Pied Piper of Tucson. Now, she intentionally did not read the full account of the Pied Piper because she didn't want to be distracted, she said, by too much detail. She didn't want to be straitjacketed by the true account. It sprung from something that happened, which is really her particular trigger for a lot of her stories. She's a writer whose stories are often inspired by real people or real events. She had the idea for her novel Blonde, which is a biographical fictional novel, after coming across a 1941 photograph of 15-year-old Norma Jean Baker posing as a winner of a beauty contest. Now, Oates identified with Norma Jean's Innocence. Now, as we know, Norma Jean became Marilyn Monroe in 1946, just a few short years after the picture was taken. She signed a contract with 20th Century Fox, and her stage name and persona defined her life. But Blonde is not a factual biography of Marilyn Monroe. The photo of her at 15 years old was just a springboard. Oates wanted to explore public and private personas. So the question that drove her to write the novel was how a woman who simply wanted to be taken seriously as an actress was flattened into this erotic product by a predatory film industry. So story triggers lead to questions. Now, what if you have too many ideas? Well, Joan Didion describes the essential act of writing as the process of thinking, of plugging into that electrical field of image and making an object out of the flash and the clatter. So how do you select from the flash and the clatter? This is challenging because in everyday life, so much junk hijacks our attention We have our Facebook and Instagram feeds. We have TikTok. It's like fast food. So there's a lot of media noise. And then we have the age of Netflix, where we can stream movies 24-7 whenever we want from our phones. And this may all be the biggest obstacle to writing, because we're conditioned to think of what audiences want, what we've watched, entertainment, rather than thinking of life, what we've experienced or what fascinates us. So how do you plug into what matters to you? How do you open yourself up to story-worthy material? Well, most stories are a mixture of experience and invention. Neil Gaiman says, fiction is the lie that tells the truth. So another way to trigger story ideas is to consciously write a page with the words, I remember. This is something Elizabeth Searle asks her students to start with. So with this type of exercise, you write as long as possible about a particular memory. The first one that comes up, don't overthink this. And when you can't think of anything else to say, just write, I remember and start again. Lisa Ruffalo has her students do memory maps. I love this one. The idea is to draw the floor plans of the house or apartment you grew up in and then put a memory in each room. Not a description of the room, but a very specific memory of something that happens there. Again, you don't want to overthink this. Just trust your impulses. Now, what I like to do with this exercise is take one room and one memory and explore that. Describe the room. Free write all the sense details you remember and slant them to get at the essence of the memory, the essence of the emotion. F. Scott Fitzgerald used to advise young writers, you've got to sell your heart, your strongest reactions, not the little minor things that only touch you lightly the little experiences that you might tell at dinner. So what's important to you? What attracts, compels, frustrates, or pains you? It might be that you're getting older. Maybe you're grieving your youth. Maybe you're still trying to understand your divorce. Maybe you're still trying to come to terms with your mother's death. Now, your strongest reaction does not have to be personal history. It can be someone you observe. It could be a snippet of conversation you overhear in a restaurant. It could be a song lyric. It can come from a strange and peculiar experience. So when it comes to story triggers, you want to keep your creative channels open. And one of the best ways to do that is through movement. I think it's always a good practice whenever possible to take long walks or hikes before you write. Even if you do it at the end of the day and you write in the morning, it makes a big difference in the quality and volume of your ideas. Movement gets you into a contemplative, receptive mood. Motion induces deeper thought. It gets all the junk stories out of your head so that your own stories can emerge. In my community of writers, I have hikers that take in these stunning views. I have long distance runners and cyclists. Movement opens up the neural pathways. It creates neuroplasticity. Scientists say that the endorphins from movement increases blood flow and gives you a happiness boost, which helps fuel original thoughts. Even just walking can remodel the structure in your brain and grow more synapses, which improves the way you think and makes your brain more resilient. This is a great boost for creativity, and it boosts the quality of your ideas. Don't judge yourself or your ideas. That is going to shut down the creative channels completely. The painter Philip Guston said, if the artist starts evaluating himself, it's an enormous block. Said another way, you need to shut down your own sensor and give your imagination a chance. Okay, let's recap. Story triggers are all around you. You just need to stay open and receptive to what swims in. Pay attention to what strikes you as interesting. You want to look for triggers in what genuinely interests you and what invites further inquiry. You want to trust in the universality of that. What makes it universal is not the event or the situation. It's not what happened. It's not even the characters you write about. What makes it universal is your connection to it, your human experience. It's what you're trying to understand ultimately about yourself and your relationship to the world around you. So there you have it. Thanks for hanging out with me today. And if you know any writers who need some support in their writing, please share this episode or the Writer Unleash podcast in general. And if you love what you're listening to, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and please leave me a review. Reading how this podcast impacts your writing truly lights me up and helps me create topics for the show. Till next time, keep writing and I'll talk to you soon.